you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Matthew 5, verse 14 and following. title of my message today is Let Your Light Shine. Let's look at God's Word together. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Many years ago, I preached a revival in San Angelo, Texas. The revivals went from Sunday morning to Sunday morning. And we, the team that was leading it, got there on Saturday and we had some events uh, kind of to get to know each other and we met all the young people of the church and all of that. The minister of outreach in that church had a little daughter named Susie. Uh, The first time I met Susie, I smiled, she smiled, and while she was smiling, she kicked my shin just as hard as she possibly could. It really hurt. Uh, I was trying to be nice, but I was also uh, ailing at the particular time. Uh, I, I thought, well, this is a kind of a funny way to get uh, started for the week. Uh, while I was still thinking about how much this hurt, she went off and started playing with uh, some of her friends. Well, we started the revival on Sunday, and then on Monday night, from out of nowhere, whack, it was Susie again. She kicked... Uh, my shin again, and it really, really hurt. Susie uh, had struck. She was gone by then, and I was left limping. Tuesday night, I was ready for her. She uh, didn't walk up and kick me, but she did walk up and stood right in front of me and looked up in my face, and she said, I hate you. And I remembered all my psychology classes, and I said, well, I don't believe you know me well enough to hate me. Well, that kind of went over her head, so uh, I said, that sure is a pretty ribbon in your hair. And she smiled, and she walked off. Wednesday night, she came up and hit me in the stomach just as hard <laughs> as she possibly could. I thought, uh, this is really bad, but I was going to do it right. So I looked at her and I said, you know, I want to kiss you on your forehead. And she just looked at me, and uh, she just kind of turned around and walked off. Thursday night was a real breakthrough in a number of ways. A lot of the young people in the church made decisions for Christ in that service. And little Susie came up and took me uh, by the hand, and uh, we kind of walked away. She didn't say that she hated me. She didn't kick me in the shin. She didn't punch me in the stomach. Uh, We were friends. And before the week was over, one time we even rubbed noses, and uh, it went pretty well. There are a lot of people in the world like little Susie. Did you know that? probably did. Uh, People who, for one reason or another, aren't getting enough love and enough attention. They're hungry for love. They reach out for love. 
they are drawn to people that they think might love them. Some people have the same needs as Susie did, and they're 50 years old. Well, they don't kick you in the shin, and they don't punch you in the stomach, and they don't say that I hate you. But what they do is they give you a dirty look. Or they say really ugly, nasty things about you behind your back. People 30 years old, people 50 years old, people 80 years old, they all need to be hugged. They all need to be touched in a caring, uh, loving manner. We all need that. Every person in this room uh, needs that. I think I told you the story of the man that got his hair cut about every five days. And after a number of years of that, the barber asked him, he said, why, why do you get your hair cut so often? It really doesn't need it. He said, well, I, I just like to have somebody touch me. And the barber never forgot that. Many people are sick emotionally and relationally. And what they really need is a good, strong, warm, loving touch from a believer. There are a lot of people in this world, even a few in churches across the country, who are a lot like Susie. They come up, they kick you in the shin or something like that. They try to bully you. They try to demean you. They try and put you down in some way. It's a test. It's all a test. Some people say they love people, and somebody comes up and kicks them. Well, it's a test. If you kick them back, you lose. You fail the test. If you mark them off your list and don't pay any more attention to them, you lose. You fail the test. You see, the kickers are used to not being loved. So they kick and see if you're going to walk off and leave them. And if you do, they say to themselves, I knew they weren't going to love me. They make it real hard to love them. There are many times abusive, belligerent, sarcastic uh, people do these things. And people that do those kind of things are always looking for love looking for warmth in some relationship in their life. Have you passed the test in showing the love of Christ to unlovely people? Have you done that? Or have you been sifted out as a faker? Has anyone ever tried to, to love you and you try and love them, but at a certain point in that, they kind of drop out. They don't follow through. They pull back. They pull away. And then they say to us, because of what they've done, basically, no, you really don't love me. You don't care about me. And they almost challenge you to prove that you do. People want you to prove that you are a loving person. There are many Susies in each of our lives. If you're a Christian, you know that you have the light. You're the one that has the light. That's very important. It's the light of the world. 
It's the light of Christ's love. That kind of light is stronger than any kind of darkness that the kickers uh, can offer. Our light is stronger than their darkness. The light giver, that's you if you're a Christian, the light giver knows in his or her heart that the reason that little Susie kicks people is because she is so much in need of the love of our Lord. She really, really needs that. The Susies of this world will very seldom or never, ever admit that what they really need is love. It takes eyes of faith to see what's going on in their darkness. And it takes a loving heart to reach out to that person. If you are a Susie and you're here today and your whole life has been filled with darkness, you will see another Susie as a nasty little brat. If you are perceptive spiritually, your eyes will be filled with light and you will see the darkness in Susie and the bitterness in the man at the local shop, you'll see the braggart uh, in the neighborhood that has a lot of darkness around him, and the bully on the team. And you will see in all of them the darkness that they have to live with. Now, all of us were at one time or another, maybe just for a month or two, or maybe for a couple of years, we were mean and hateful and did terrible things just like Susie did. We were separated from the light. We were separated from the love of God. We were separated from the local church. But many of us changed our condition somewhere along the way. I changed mine when I was 15 in the Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. On a Sunday night, I went up and trusted in Christ as my Lord and Savior. How many of you out there today... How many of you were uh, saved, were converted uh, when you were a teenager? Would you lift your hand? That's a whole bunch of you. Uh, you know, that, that happens. That's probably uh, the biggest time frame where people uh, change their perspective on life and their relationship, of course, to the Lord. At that time, you receive light and the love of God. And now, guess what? After that happens to us, we're supposed to be the light givers. We're supposed to go into the darkness with our light. And we're supposed to let our light shine before men. There are two specific guidelines given to us in the Word of God that we read this morning. Verse 15 says, No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel basket. Nobody does that. You take it out and you put it on a lampstand so it can bring light to all that are in the house. That's why you do it. When there is great darkness, you need to light a lamp. You need to have light so that people can see. As a light giver, 
Whenever you are aware of a spiritual darkness around you, we are to go right into the middle of that darkness and give the light of Christ in that place. There are a lot of different kinds of darkness. There is the painful grip of depression that gets a hold of us. Psychologists say that a third of the adults in America are, are severely depressed sometime uh, during the year. Severely impressed in, in, in that way. Uh, do you know anybody that's been depressed uh, this week? Do you know anybody that's been depressed for a number of weeks in a row? Well, we have a choice. Every day that we make, are we going to stay with the uh, people that are bright and cheery and fun to be around? Are we going to stay with them all the time? Because they really are a good time, you know, if you're around them. You're laughing, cutting up, having a good time. Or are you going to shed a little light in the dark places where your light as a Christian is really needed? Really needed. Now, if you are depressed, for heaven's sakes, get in with some folks that are positive, that are assertive, that are friendly, that are outgoing. Get in with some of those folks. If you get with someone who is always on a downer, you know what it's going to do? It's going to pull both of you down, even further than you are. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. If you are a positive, cheery person, I'm not saying that you've got to go out and spend all day, every day, dealing with depressed people. I'm not saying that. That's not what you have to do. But every once in a while, you need to remember that you have the light. You have the light. And if there's going to be any light in that darkness, you're the one that has to take it there. If there's darkness in your family, you know, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your parents, your kids, you know, they're severely depressed, they're severely down most of the time. Guess who's the only one, perhaps, that can reach them? You. And you've got the light. You can make all the difference in the world, in their life. Many scientists believe, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I've read it a number of times through the years, that everybody has a field of electrical energy around them. Uh, They believe that every person is charged either in a positive way or in a negative way. They further believe if you are a positive person, and you walk into the presence of a negative person, uh, a person that is charged in a very negative way, they will physically take much of the positive energy from you to them. And you will feel totally drained and totally exhausted. Well, I'm not sure about that. Uh, In fact, I tend not to believe it, but I have read it a number of times in 
different publications. I do know this. Somehow or another, we have got to let the light that Christ gives to us, we have got to give it to those that have a great darkness in their life. We've got to help the person and not have the light that's within us drained out. So what we have to do is to get in touch with Christ. Christ has all of the power of the light of the whole world, the whole universe. He has all the power. And it comes from him to us, hopefully, to the one that is depressed, the one that's down, the one that is always frowning, the one that is always sad, the one that always loves to tell a sad story. Well... We've got to keep uh, that line going from Christ to us to them. That's the way it works. We're supposed to give light to everybody that's in the house, verse 14 says in our text. We can only do that if we are a supply line from the source of all power, the Lord Jesus. We all have a Susie in our path, a depressed person in our past. Maybe a person that is really irritated. Do you know any really irritated people? It seems like they never get over being irritated. They're irritated all the time. The person in need might be somebody that lives constantly with severe physical pain. Do you know someone like that? Well, guess what? They're living in darkness. If you're having major pain all the time, it's hard to break out and be just real cheery and happy and positive about that. Whatever the cause is, uh, whether it's Susie kicking our shins, that darkness that's out there, we need to reach out right into the middle of it and help those people. It's our responsibility. It's Christian people to be the light of the world. Guideline 2 says um, any Christian can share a little light every once in a while, a little light here, a little light over there. But we need to share the light. Your light, verse 16, look at verse 16. Your light must shine before people so they will see our good work and will praise our Father who is in heaven. There's a a process. In other words, the person who gives the light needs to do it in such a way that the person or persons in darkness will realize that it's Christ's light shining through us to them. The world needs a constant power source for light. As we are a part of that process, Sometimes it causes us to give a great sacrifice. You know, there are, I could mention a hundred different kinds of situations that happen in family life. And you realize that when someone, you know, is particularly sick or has this ailment or that ailment, it's going to be a long, hard road and it's probably not going to get any better. 
But you're there to bring the light. You're there to make the difference. You're there to show the love of our Lord and Savior. There were two brothers who were having a lot of difficulty over the property line between uh, their two pieces of land. John, one of the brothers, was very, very bitter over the whole thing. And he wrote his brother Mark a letter. And this is what the letter said. You have cheated me and robbed me out of that which rightfully belongs to me. You know that the row of poplars is the property line. You know that. You have no right to build a fence on my side and claim all that ground for yourself. I'm going to sue you and make you pay every dime it is worth. Well, his brother Mark was a person that was concerned about the light that he had in the community. And he didn't want to be sued. He thought that would look bad. He thought particularly if it was his brother suing him. And so he thought about it, he prayed about it. His reply was a living example of Christ's second guideline. You remember? Your light must shine before people so that they might see your good works and give praise to your Father in heaven. Mark thought about it, and he decided that's what he was going to try and do. So he wrote his brother back a letter. This is what it said. Father's will said that the property was to be divided equally. By survey, I have placed the fence where that division comes. However, both of us are in good standing in this community. And I do not want our neighbors to think that we are not Christians. Neither of us can use the ground under the poplar trees. Nothing will grow there. If you will meet me with the surveyors, I will allow you to place the fence where you want it. And we will make a permanent record in the surveyor's office that you will have 126 feet and I will have 118 feet. I have no objection if you want more than half for yourself. Well, when John got that letter, he realized that the witness of Christ was important. He was a Christian. He just wasn't much of one. <laughs> he, uh, he thought, you know, we have, we've built up a good reputation around here, and the people all like us. And Mark said he'd gotten a surveyor, and he said he'd done this. Uh, well, guess what? The light from Mark began to shine in his life, in his heart, in his darkness. There was not only a light of love, but there was also a light of truth. John was humbled by the letter that he had gotten. He received the light 
And he just dropped the whole matter. He never mentioned it again. If the light of our life is Jesus, people will see that light and they will see the good things that we do and they will praise our Father who is in heaven because we are giving all the credit to the Lord. Today, for those that are sick emotionally or relationally, we have an opportunity every day, particularly, I think, on the Lord's Day, to make a better choice, to go a better way. Today can be a time of healing, a time when we really kind of switch over from the negative to the positive. Let the light of Christ Fill your heart today. Trust the light that he offers. Those of you that have been light givers for years, you've been strong in your faith, you've studied the word, and you're here today. You perhaps are looking for a church. Maybe you've come a lot of times, but you do not have a church home. I want to ask you today to come and join us. And here's the reason why I ask. The more of us that get together, the light givers, guess what happens? Our light increases. And it becomes a very strong beam of light. Our combined light and strength and witness will be enhanced. And it will grow, and it will grow, and it will grow, and we'll be able to touch others with the light of the Lord. I hope that you'll come and join with us and serve with us as we try and bring the light to those that are around us. I'm going to stand down here at the front in just a moment. If you'd like to make a decision that would honor Jesus, just slip out, slip forward. If you'd like to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you'd like to join his church, if you'd like to be a part of the fellowship of believers that assemble in this place regularly, we'd love to have you. The doors of the church are open. I hope you'll come as we sing the hymn together. Let's stand.